0: What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chasers. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 58 of Jacques Talk. I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor, joined by my boy Big Joe and the Big Rig. I hope you're prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as we go through. uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out what order I was going to tell you. all As we go through the Cowboys press conference with Mike McCarthy. Yes, he's staying. Some of y'all are still coming to grips with that. Talked to my man, Newey Scruggs, my Channel 5 counterpart, about the uh, Cowboys culture, because we kind of had a little chit-chat about the other day that I found interesting. I thought you would, too. And then, one of the Big Joe and the Big Rigs' favorite topics. In-school suspension and all the things I like to drink
1: out of. You can take that where you want to. Yay! Uh,
0: first thought... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that that caused for you to interrupt me, dog? Yeah, I'm What's
1: ecstatic up? about that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I can't. I can't wait. I can't. Oh, that wait. pulls you.
0: That, that pulls you out the chair right there. Yeah. I can't um. Wait. First off, we got to tell you, if you're ever involved in an accident, uh, you've been injured, and it's not your fault. What you got to do, what you need to do, is call my friends at Greening Law. I mean, really, you do. And you're in trouble if you don't have the phone number already in your phone: nine seven two nine three four eighty nine hundred. Because here's the deal, if you're involved in an accident, and you know, most of the time we're talking about a trucking accident, a car accident, uh, but it could also be medical malpractice or property accidents, uh, you know, a defective product that resulted in your injury, uh, birth injuries, any of that stuff where you've been injured by somebody else's negligence, here's what you do, seriously, pick up the phone, dial 972-934-8900 and say, here's my situation, what do you think? Literally, That's all that's required. And um, once you tell them your deal, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you, real talk, because they will walk you through what can be a very long, intimidating process. It can be traumatic to some people, it can be scary because you're going up against somebody else's insurance company. But they walk you through it. And by walking you through it, I mean they walk you through it. They tell you when to turn left and when to turn right. Maybe when to hold tight for a minute. When to walk forward. When to walk fast. Let's pick up the pace. Why? Because they want you focused on two things. And two things over. Healing and renewal. Get your mind right. Get your body back right. Get your life back. That's really what it's all about. Um, now, understand this. They don't get paid unless you get paid. What's a better deal than that? So you ain't never got to worry about whether they're working for you, they're grinding for you, where you are on the priority list. You're at the top. You need a doctor, they hook you up with a doctor. You need a specialist. You got something extra going on, they hook you up with a specialist. They'll find these doctors for you, recommend them to you. All you got to do is show up for the appointment. Why? They want you focused on two things and two things only. Healing and renewal. Get your body back get your mind back, get your life back. It's really that simple. So give him a call, 972-934-8900. Let Greening Law go to work for you. Dog, uh, Newey Scruggs, many of y'all know, one of my good friends. Uh, I do a lot of work, worked with him. He was my boss for a little while, so to speak, when I was a uh, NBC insider on uh, Channel 5. and uh, taught me a lot about TV business. Well, We're good friends. I show up on Channel 5 now on Sunday nights after the Cowboy game several times a season. And uh, I thought, because we had a really good conversation about the Cowboys the other day, I should bring y'all in on the conversation. So let's give my man, Nui Scruggs, sports director at Channel 5, a call and see what he's got to say. And today, he's brought to you by Smokey John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mockingbird. Hello. New age, Jacques Taylor. What's up, bro? What? All
2: good, man. All good. Ready to roll, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, glad to have you on. I got Big Joe the Big Rig here. Uh, right. I've already told uh, the folks a little bit about what we talked about, but I thought you were a good person to ask because you look at things now that you got an NBA uh, from TCU in a whole different way. Um, a lot of conversation about the Cowboys' disappointing season, yeah, twelve and five ended up disappointing. Has has uh, been about their culture. What do you think about the culture that they have, and why Jerry decided to bring back Mike McCarthy for year five? If we go
2: back and we think about Jerry, he's not, let's say, David Tepper of the Carolina Panthers, where he just fires people and just says, "Boom, I'm mad," and makes a rash decision. People who are upset about Mike McCarthy coming back after three straight 12-win seasons, something that no Cowboys coach has ever done three straight years in a row, winning 12 games, is go out and make a rash decision. Jason Garrett got to stay here for a decade and did far less in terms of accomplishment and building consistency than Mike McCarthy. So while... Jerry's put out the signals about game by game basis when push comes to shove, he usually will stick with what's there. He does find change hard, especially with coaches and top players. Jack, you and I were around forever today. How long did Flozo Flozo Adams stay at left tackle? People are like, wait, he's jumping off sides. He's got this, he got that. He, he's, he doesn't move on from people very much. You know, when we look at, well, how, why did this guy get one more contract that he shouldn't have? You know, Nate Newton, God bless him. We love him. Moose Johnson, same thing. These guys had one contract too many here. You're like, hmm, should you be doing that? Uh, but his, his modus of operandi has been more to stick with something than change it.
0: Well, why do you think he got this imp- this reputation for being so impulsive? Is it all stemmed back to Jimmy?
2: People have not forgiven him about Jimmy. Um, I think people also, you know, as well as the perception and reality, a lot of times is different for folks. And I think the perception of Jerry, you know, being a, having a big ego and making these moves is different from the reality that, you know, because you and I are sitting there watching it all the time, You know we understand i mean after the statement came out last night that mike mccarthy was coming back and jerry put said what he said for people who've covered the team you're like okay yeah this sounds about like jerry and the fan base was all mad and you know but they're the same irrational folks who are like well okay fine get rid of or trade Dak, and uh it's (laughs) you know this is the fan base of frustration for 20 27, 27 28 years now and where they are with jerry as he runs the team
0: um So, what are you? Are you when you bring back uh Mike McCarthy? Obviously, you got to bring back Dak Prescott, given his contract. If Dan Quinn doesn't get a head coaching job, he can come back too. How do you sell that to the fan base? What are you selling them?
2: Because well, they've seen off, his dance. You you sold them Jason Garrett for ten years, and you know what? We didn't see we didn't see the stadium half empty. We didn't see them have to come out with a family four-pack special like they did during the Campo years where you get the four hot dogs, four Pepsis. You know, they're going to be fine. You know, so the fan base can sit up here today and say, I don't like it, I'm not there, blah, blah, blah. But they're the same people going to come around and get on that hopium. After the NBC game, they play on Sunday nah. night either week one or week two. They're going to be back on that hopium and talk about we them boys, and they're going to buy into it oh. again and again. So I, I want to like hear that. this.
1: I like that. You can sell the
2: fans. You the fans the same old thing. Yeah, it's going to be pooky out there. be calling, man. be calling. <laughs> Texas Live is still going to be full of fans. So this whole premise, like, oh my gosh, I may not get any fans back. Stop it. Just, just stop it. They're going to come. I mean, just stop. Yeah. Selling <laughs> so the fan base. Uh, that man just goes uh,
0: ahead hit a team. You'd have brought opium and pookie to the show.
1: Opium, <laughs> I, I like that. Opium.
0: That's right. Shoot them veins up. Yeah. Tap 'em. Pull that band tight. Get that Hopium, make yep. it go straight to the bloodstream. <laughs> we, them boys, give it to me. Let them
2: take that shot, and they'll be right back, right back on that train one more time. <laughs>
0: Okay, that's the fan base. What about the team you think will change from this year to next year
2: well they 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 cannot keep this whole charade that they have a defensive line that can stop the run going. And we like our guys, you know, I'm sorry. You know, God bless Jonathan Hankins, um, also with But that, you know, this is not cutting it. Uh, Mozzie Smith has been a major disappointment. They have to go out here and get some real reinforcements and stop the run. Football is about the trenches. Okay, they're not good there. So right. they have to address that. And then the other side, you have to look at your offensive line. Tyler Biotis, your center, is, is going to be a free agent. And like any free agent who works for Jerry Jones, they come and trying to get a bag. I wouldn't pay him. Like him personally, but nah. I wouldn't pay him. So you, you need nah. to you know, fortify your offensive line. Tyron Smith's a free agent. How do you go out that contract? And then you need to get a running game. That works. God bless Tony Pollard. I'm not blaming Tony Pollard. I'm blaming management, where it goes to Jerry, who's the general manager and the owner, for not listening to running back coach Skip Pete, who said Tony Pollard operates best in in a in a tandem situation. You got rid of Zeke, that's fine, but she, his replacements, they weren't they weren't they weren't better than him. So Tony Pollard would right. has to be a number one lead dog, was put into a role that he can't do. That's not who he is. So they have to be better to me in those areas and that starts first with not lying to yourself, which we've seen them do before, like, you know, last year. Right. Uh, you know, this past season but seen before, you know, when they we we're gonna roll out there to what we like our guys, we got James Washington. Stop this. <laughs> and, and we you know, we go out there hoping Michael Gallup comes back and oh by week three, you should be okay. Well he wasn't okay. That was a miscalculation on their part. They made the change this year in the receiving core. But to me it's it's the it's the Fortifying the lines and getting yourself a running game and being able to, I mean, how many times a week, watch them not convert inside the five? Yeah, it was a problem. Right. When, Zeke, when Zeke leaving was a problem, you did not address it, so they've got to go fix that, in my opinion.
0: All right. Elephant in the room is the quarterback. What do you do with the quarterback?
2: Well, first off, the quarterback has leverage. And why does the quarterback have leverage? Because the Joneses gave it to him. So, let's make sure we put that out there. When they could have got Dak on the contract of get Jared Goff and, and Carson Wentz, they didn't do it. So this is their problem. You can't you can't trade him. Now it's a sixty-one million dollar cap hit. Joe Fan out there thinks that's fine. Just go ahead and do that. Uh, no, no, you're not yeah. going to do that because they're trying to win. He's eighty-one years old. He's not trying to rebuild. So take that out the right, way. Right. You know? He's, he's got a 59 million dollar cap they have to extend him and then because that's the only way to get other players like a cd lamb re-signed and to sign other players so you're going to extend the quarterback you lower the number and mike mccarthy at his press conference today said he believes number four is there that he he wants him to be there and he thinks he is the answer for them to win so okay bring him back get him some help get him a better offensive line when we looked at tony romo and saw what was Tony's best year. It was the year that they ran the ball and DeMarco Murray was the offensive player of the year. I believe they need to try to go in a formula similarly to that is limit the number of times Dak is throwing the ball. Not that he's not a good quarterback. You led the league in terms of touchdown passes, but how do you make him a more effective quarterback? I believe it is with a running game. And if they do that, then I think they have an opportunity, in my opinion, to to go to be a better team in the playoffs because a run game travels. Okay, you you know on the uh, right. if you were in Buffalo with a run game, you know what? Maybe it's different because a run game travels. That's what we look at the 49ers, you know, what do you like about? It? They got a run game and that run game and a good offensive line, you can take to any building in the NFL. Um uh, that's
0: uh, that's one aspect of it. What about the mental game? I was talking to some guys today, some reporters today who were like love deck is he mentally strong enough to get over all that comes with being the Cowboys quarterback and this came up why because he talked about after the game he raised the issue of the game moving too fast for him and, and him not settling down until it was too late
2: man if there was ever a person i would seek out if i was Dak Prescott it would be Dirk Nowitzki because wow, we used that's to pretty have, interesting. we used to ask those questions about Dirk you know, I asked he, it and got ripped for it. You know, was he you know, European guy, can European guy get it? How does he get tougher? What does he need to do? I mean, we, we asked those questions to, to Dirk Nabitsky and, and Dirk had to work on it. And and eventually he, he, he got it. And it was a little bit later in his career, but he did get it. So to me that, there's a there's a conversation lunch conversation, maybe even a dog weekend where okay, help me unlock this next level of what I do. Because when Dirk did that, yeah, we, 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 now we see the legend. You know, we see what he what, what he was. Some people believe that, you know, you're either born with it or you're not, or as far as you say, if they don't bite when they're puppies, they ain't biting when they're dogs. Um, this mental aspect's a little bit different. And I'll tell you another person I would have a conversation with. Scotty Pippen.
0: Who that? Yeah, you know, we, we speak Man, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. I don't know about Scotty, man.
2: Well, I'll say this: We spent the early parts of him and the disappointments to the the Pistons. And Scotty was a mental digit; he wasn't where he needed to be. But he eventually he got there, right? And and he became an integral part of six world championships. So, he, you know, this is something that, in my opinion, you go out and you talk to people who 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 have an understanding of what it is to win in this industry. I mean, remember for years they used to say Steve Young can't get it done you're not joe john, uh, john, john right. elway
1: john elway
2: well here's the difference on john john single-handedly took the broncos to three super bowls and he lost them but it was john when they got terrell davis and they got you know running game and shanahan got some better defense then they were able to win the championships. But John was getting them there. I mean, he was the, he was the horse. I, I lived up in Cleveland, and believe me, the way they used to curse about that man and how he went ninety-eight yards <laughs> yeah. on him, and, yeah, you know, it was in their nightmares. So, so John was a one-man gang and needed some help, and, and they figured out how to help him. And I look at a guy like Dan Marino, who you know they. Dan never really bought into the running game, and, and you know, whereas his career he never got back. Meanwhile, John was able to get two. But I, I just think that's at this point in time, that's what you do: go find some people who have the experience of figuring out how do I break through and get to that that next level, and what do I need to change? You know, that, that's clearly that is- something has to change, and I don't know how he unlocks that.
0: Now, I'm interested in this from uh, both of you guys uh, in different aspects. Uh, how, do you ha- how have you handled pressure in your career, you Nui? Know, whether it was trying to get on TV or, or dealing with ratings, any of that kind of stuff?
2: One, you've got to believe in yourself. You know, you, you, if you don't believe in you, then right. nobody else is going to believe in you. So I think you believe in you. And then the other right. part is, and, and I do believe in what Nick, Nick Saban talks about as a process. You know, there's a process. What is the goal? Identify the goal. What are the steps you need to take the goal? And then are you willing to take all the steps to keep working on it over and over again? And I think when we talk about Dak, who's got that master's degree in, uh, in, in leadership right. and people, he's got a lot of the pieces. It's just this part that he's got that block. And I talked to um, that, that Michigan um, mental coach he wrote the book. Greg, I can't remember Greg's last name, but anyway, Greg, Greg's really, really good. And he worked with Michael Phelps. He worked with Tom Brady. He worked with Desmond Howard. He was working with uh, their quarterback this year, JJ McCarthy. Um, and he, one of the things he always talks about is, you know, control the controllables, which I hear Dak always say. Um, but a lot of that is, is, is within you, and, and and that's what I that was my processes
1: of of being able to handle the pressure. How about you, Joe? Um... Well, in the military, it's more of a learning your job, and then learning who knows their job, and recognizing the people around you, who you have to help, who you can trust. A lot of that eases the pressure in the military. Same thing uh, uh, playing ball, or when I was driving a truck. Same thing. You know, if you know what the guy next to you is capable of, it take a lot of pressure off you because you know what you know what you have to do. If that makes Joe, sense. what
2: branch of the military were you in?
1: I was in the army. I was recon in the army.
2: Yeah, my dad was in the in the military. Uh our eighty second Airborne, first cavalry, the Rangers, you know, all that.
1: Yeah, man. I was so, first so, Cav. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, that that type of discipline. And and you know, once again the belief because they try to make you quit, <laughs> they try yeah, to test you yeah. when you get in units like that. Well, you a just, lot of a
1: lot of pressure. You just have to be you know being confident in the guy next to you. Being like you said, being confident in yourself, and then being confident in the guy next to you. Because they always talk about fighting for the flag and the country and all. You ain't doing that. You fighting for the guy. You fighting for the guy next to you so y'all can go home. And that's yes, that's, that's some pressure you learn to deal with. Right. Uh, No, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, For
0: me, I'm kind of like Nui. One the times I felt real pressure in my career, it was always attack it and figure out, embrace it first and not run from it. And then attack it and figure out how to beat it. Uh, And then once you do, once you figure out how to beat it, you know, really focus and hone in. On, uh, on that one particular thing And what, what it was for me Was very early in my career I was told If you don't start breaking stories We're just going to have to take you off the beat Because uh, the news breaking beat And at that point I was only two years in it And so I was like I don't really know how to break stories And I would call my friends on the, in the media Hey dog how you break stories Well you just got to work hard I, dog. I'm working hard I ain't breaking them And finally one day I just decided the one thing I could do is I can get all these cats who don't talk. A lot of them on the Cowboys at the time, Eric Williams, Charles Haley, Leon. Maybe I can get them to talk to me and that create value for me and give me something I can do that nobody else can do. It took a period of time, but I finally was able to do that. And that was my way of kind of attacking pressure and finding the niche and and going forward. And so when I look at that, I'm like, first you got to embrace the pressure, whether it's the pressure that you put on yourself to perform or whether it's the pressure of organizational failures. I'm using air quotes for 28 years. You got to embrace it and attack it. And then I think it's like Joe said, you got to trust your guys to walk you through it, at least a few of them, so that you don't feel like you got to do it all yourself, you know?
2: Or as Marcus Aurelius said, Uh uh, what stands in the way way becomes the way.
1: Well, in the the cab, we used to call it embracing the suck. It's going to suck, but you need to embrace it.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's do it. the same thing. It stands yeah. in the way, becomes yeah. the
1: way. Yeah. Like you say, they try to make you quit. I used to feel like this. I'm not quitting nothing. You can't do this to me all day. So it really wasn't no pressure to go through school because you ain't going to – you, you got to stop sometime. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you ain't going to kill me. I ain't going to quit. So let's get over with it. But anyway.
0: Uh, did you watch the news conference today? No. New-
1: uh, I actually listen listened to it. to it on my on my
2: way to uh, to the doctor's appointment. And um, look, I, I Mike McCarthy is no shrinking violent. You know, if you wanted him to cower and just say, "Oh my gosh, I'm just so happy to be back," you know? this man's talking about we got a championship program. He won a world <laughs> championship. Yeah, we got a championship program. So okay, fine. Put you know, go go ahead, put yourself out there like that. Now now go go back it up. You know, um, I, I'd rather have that than a guy that said. Well, I hope. Maybe we can. He's like, no, we're going to do it. We'll,
0: we'll break through. Okay, go do it. No, no, it's good. And so uh, I, I thought he handled it well. I mean, he handled it as well as he could handle it. And so now it's uh, now it's about to work, and we'll see what gets done because the schedule gets a little harder on paper next year. Uh, they're going to deal with a fan base that ain't, that's not really – I mean, if you thought people didn't care about the regular season this year, they're really not going to care about it next year. And no, um, no,
1: he'll get no
2: credit. He'll get no credits for the Redskins. They, they can win the NFC East again and be the first team to do that in 20 years, and, and they'll get no credit because people are simply going to say, "Okay." Uh, show me what you do in the playoffs. But I go back to this year. I go back to 2007 after the Cowboys went 13 3 and they let everybody down. And the team talked about, you know, the Super Bowl was going to be the next year in Tampa. We did a TV special in Tampa, <laughs> Tampa Bay. They talked all about, you know, we want to get back here to the playoffs and we want to show that they didn't get back to the playoffs. So, right, right. The, you, 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 we can, fans and media can sit up here and talk about playoffs. But if you're Mike McCarthy, guys were starting here from the ground, ground Dude. zero. And we've got to work our way back to earn the opportunity to, to get the oh, playoffs
0: and wow. play. And I don't know if people really truly understand. That's the hardest part, man, is that you got to start, you got to go through the monotony of the season, but you got to play with it at such a level that you get back to the playoffs so that you can have an opportunity at redemption. And, and you know, the season is long and hard and arduous, and you're like, damn, we just want the playoffs. But if you don't handle business during the season, there won't be no redemption uh, uh, opportunity because it would have gone by. So tough thing for them, Steve, man. Steve Young put it to
2: a way that I finally understood. Because we always hear coaches say, "Well, you know, next year is different." That that dot, dot. Steve Young compared it to climbing Mount Everest. That if you if you try to climb and you fail, that okay, you got to go all the way back down the mountain, and yep. that whole month it takes and five weeks to get up there. All that you have to restart it all over again. And it's hard. And there's no guarantee that you even get past where you know, get up to the point where you at before, much less plant your flag. It's that hard. And as I've read through the years, you talk about one of the most physical, toughest things to do in life is climb Mount Everest. It's a challenge and that's what it is in the NFL. So fans are gonna be sitting up here talking about you ain't plant your flag, you plant your flag. Can you even get yourself back up this mountain? one more time to do it and that to me is the key and that is where I think a Mike McCarthy can help you because he has an understanding of that and can keep them focused about that process because it's so hard to do
0: let's see it's gonna be uh <laughs> nobody expected the season to end when it did man so we're all still kind of uh numb to it but uh you know the journey shall begin in a week or two when they when they go to the senior bowl and start looking at uh players for next year hopefully they'll oh, get a better turn. Huh?
2: Whatever. Whatever, man. It's baseball town, man. Baseball town. We got <laughs> spring training here. Spring training in there, okay? Next yeah. lesson a month for spring training, baby. Yeah. Let's talk about that team. Then you got the renegades. The renegade, the world the XFL champion Renegades is about to open up here too. <laughs> so we we got champions in Arlington, man.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you go on with that. <laughs> it is baseball time now Pitches and catches. Two weeks from there. Uh, in Surprise, Arizona with the world champion, Texas Rangers. New Dog, I appreciate you, man, for making your maiden voyage on Jacques Top.
2: I appreciate it. Anytime.
0: All right, brother. Later. Okay, care, <laughs> bye. Right. That's New Scruggs, brought to you today by good friends at Smokey John's Barbecue, where Aunt Minnie and Joe will one day soon pick up the Jab session bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Y'all Heard that it's coming, yeah. Uh, jam session bowl, it's a uh, bowl with mac and cheese base or mashed potato base, and uh, your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. Joe Swears, he's going with double brisket. What do you think? Out wants on hers, man. I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Uh, she probably won't. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to ask her, man. You, yeah,
0: ask her that now. Yeah. I, I usually rock with the brisket and the sausage, and then all the stuff you find on loaded baked potato. Chives and bacon bits and cheese and sour cream and butter, all that stuff, man. They put it on there. Then you want to drizzle it with sauce or you want to drench it with sauce. Your choice. Uh, just remember, So the secret menu. You go up there looking for it, you can't find it. You can only know if you listen to the show and you ask. And then people will be like, what the hell is a jam session? Bowl? Where is it? Those who know, know. Those who don't, don't. So you're part of the end crowd if you uh, know all about the jam session bowl. How about that? Now, if you, need, <laughs> if you need some Smokey John's every day or a little more frequently, you can always go to the website, smokeyjohns.com, click on the SJ Marketplace. Click on the Marketplace, and then guess what? You can order the sauce. Matt McLaren used to drink that thing out the jug. No cap. Or you can order the rug. I personally use it on popcorn from time to time. In addition to some chicken and steak, it goes with everything. Uh, if you need it more quicker than that, you can literally go to H-E-B and pick, a, pick up the rub. Literally. You can go to uh, out there in Burleson where Joe is at nearby. You can go to Allen, Frisco, McKinney, Waxahachie, H-E-B. You can go out to San Antonio H-E-B and pick it up. They statewide these days, baby. But that's, uh, that's where you pick up all the Smoky John's rub. Smoky John's 1820 West Mockenburg. It is food to live for. You need it in your mouth. That's how good it is. It's like a chef's kiss. Fantastic. Uh, on that note, bro, I know you've been waiting for this quick trip around the block, but let's go around the block. This is quickly becoming Joe's favorite segment. Why are you? And that's really? and that's
1: because no, <laughs> and that's no. because he likes to mock the topics. No, my, and that's my, okay. My favorite segment is whispers from the star.
0: I know, man, but this is moving up the list.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> Go ahead
0: (laughs) Uh, Before we get into in school suspension Which we talked a little bit about last week But I wanted to tell y'all this story Uh, I don't know about Do you have a favorite drinking mug man, That you drink your Kool-Aid out of Or your water out of Or
1: whatever If the the Lord is willing And the creek don't rise I drink out of something that holds liquid
0: (laughs) Anything You don't care
1: Nah, not really, no Uh,
0: Well, most of the time I'm like that, but I don't know, man I I can't even tell you where this came from Well, I mean, I can I was at a restaurant I like to drink out of different things I can't even lie to y'all If you're watching the YouTube channel You probably saw me drinking some uh, Zip Fizz, which is a little energy drink And some water out of a mason jar And, uh I just like, there's something about drinking out of a mason jar that just makes me feel good, man. Uh, and I went to a restaurant about a month ago and I had some water in a mason jar and I said, you know what, I remember I like to drink. My mom used to have mason jars around How She used to drink out of them. I said, gun it, I'm finna go find me some mason jars. I'm finna go buy four or six of them and I'm finna drink out of them. And every time I drank out of them, man, it just puts a smile on my face. And I can't tell you why, I like the way they come. I like the little top you have on. I don't know, man. I just like drinking out the mason jars.
1: Well, it um, probably reminds you of your mom. That's probably what that is. Maybe so. Maybe back home or something. Maybe Tennessee. Uh, back home Tennessee or something. Boy, you were great
0: back there. But let me tell you this funny story,
1: though. This was a couple years ago. Maybe three or
0: four years ago. I went to a fancy schmancy restaurant. And they served the water out of a colored... It was, a, it was a clear bottle with like a flip top on it. It was a glass bottle and had a, like a flip top on it uh, to hold, I forget which, how you describe it. Uh, but I was like, that bottle is so cool. You know, it's like people who like different shapes, people who collect liquor bottles because they like the shape of them. Maybe I got that kind of problem. But the bottle was so cool, man, that you know what I did, dog. Uh. You know I came home I got on my phone And I looked up Glass water bottles And I looked up for some And some were basic Oh it's called the flip top glass bottle And um, I'm, I'm going to send you a picture So you know what I'm no, talking that's about
1: that's okay You don't have, <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah, you don't
1: have sen- to see. me Nah dog It's okay, I'm gonna send you- it's okay. Uh, Don't
0: worry about it I want you to yeah. know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about uh, but I like I liked it and so but you know, I'm also a color guy. I like colors. Like um, you know, in my house it had orange wall, I've had a fuchsia room, my bedroom was orange at one time. So I like colors. So I ordered some colored bottles. There were a couple of them were red, a couple of them were did blue. Did you say
1: fuchsia? Yeah. Okay. Why? Oh, I remember one of my soldiers' his name was Alexander. And we was getting dressed in the morning in the barracks, and he had some right. pink drawers on. <laughs> I said, "Man, are your drawers pink?" He said, he "No, said, no, they're, they're fuchsia." fuchsia. Right, like, fuchsia's a shade of pink. Though, Roger so. that. Roger that. So right,
0: he, I mean, he told the truth, but he he, he kind of lied. He was a good time.
1: soldier. You can't tell with his pants on whether he got pink drawers on or not. This all right, weird. right, right. Yeah, uh,
0: never looked so. at
1: him the same. And he so, he ran off with somebody's wife, so he you know
0: hey you
1: hey go. hey. I'm just saying that was just a deflection. We thought he I was just, one way, but he was the uh, he was really not. But all right.
0: <laughs> um, so I ordered these bottles, man, and I started drinking water out of these glass bottles, and that too made me happy. But guess what made me the happiest, man? Guess what I saw about a week ago. My eight year old grandson. Walking around with a full water bottle with my, one of my colored flip-top water bottles drinking out of it, talking about, I like these bottles, they cool, Pop pa. And that's what I drink my water out of. Can Ooh. I tell you, that just warmed my heart, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it be the little things, man. It be Good the little mine. things that bring you joy in life. Yep. So I like drinking out of mason jars, in glass water bottles. Uh, now I also know people who like to drink out of those big plastic thirty-two ounce cups, like you get at Q T or Seven Eleven or something. Uh, but it's amazing the number of people that had their favorite cup that they like to drink out of. I don't know why. It just reminded me of that. Uh, now let's move on, unless you want to talk some more about drinking bottles and glasses.
1: Nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm-
0: uh, the next question of the day before we move on to Mike McCarthy's press conference. Have you ever been in in-house suspension, in-school suspension, ISS?
1: No, my mom kind of took care of that. Probably about the fifth grade, she probably took care of all that.
0: Meaning the the ramifications of acting up in school was so bad that you just gave up that life?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I, I acted a fool one day, and I thought I got away with it. And the, right. the teacher came to uh, gym class, pulled me out of gym class and my uh, name was Miss Graham and she looked like Kate Jackson from Charlie's Angels but that's a whole nother thing but she pulled right, right. me out of class and I walk in there and my mom's sitting in class and she already got the tissue <laughs> she crying right So oh no mama not crying yeah so I sit down and she tends to rip me and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and the teacher's like look Miss for you you, you need to calm down. She goes, no, no, no. I'll get to you in a second. So she ripped me. <laughs> then she ripped the teacher. Now, me and the teacher are pushing a box of Kleenex between each other. Right. We crying. She ain't crying no more. So after that, <laughs> me and Miss Burke, the teacher's name was Miss Burke. Me and Miss Burke decided to make a deal. You don't act a fool, and I won't call your mama, and we won't get in trouble. Uh. And that is right there. So all of that old in-school stuff, No. Yeah, I was done with that about the fifth grade Because I ain't got time for that And it's not cool right, with girls yeah. If your mama up there cussing you out, So, No, no, no
0: Well, I was only in school suspension one time Because I was not a guy who created a lot of drama in class I like to talk uh, But I was not a guy who, who Got in trouble very often But it started in the sixth grade, man our class went on this trip I went to Manor Jackson Elementary It used to be across the street from A. Maceo Smith In Oak Cliff um, My teacher, Miss Lee Was really good friends with Miss Glover Who had a class who had a talented and gifted class At Claire Oliver Which is about two blocks from South Oak Cliff High School And so they decided We're going to take our classes On the trip to Houston To see NASA And go to Astroworld it's was a great trip We're in the 6th grade And so um, When you make a school trip like that In the 6th grade Most of the guys get with most of the girls Hey I'm gonna be You gonna be my girl on this trip Yeah I'm gonna be your girl on this trip Me give me a chance That's all you said say back then So you know me I got the baddie The hottest of the hottest
1: I didn't know that Young I would have ne- never guessed that <laughs> Shut up, man I don't know that Young
0: lady named Gwen I don't believe you We are still friends to this day She married to the uh, Dallas
1: constable. Send me a picture My man named Ed Wright I don't want no picture of the bottle Send me a picture of
0: (laughs) She's still cute She's still my homegirl Okay She became a star basketball player At North Texas uh, Back in the day But anyway So we on the way back From the trip Everybody who knows me was gonna laugh right about now. I ain't changed. What do I do on the way back from the trip? I fall asleep. Now on the way to Houston, I said, "Hey, we just we just hit the city street. We just hit the uh, what called city limits." Can I? And I got a little kiss. I was happy on the way back because I'd been up all night in the room playing with my friends, acting a fool. I done went to sleep when I went, and I didn't know nothing because I, I woke up when we back in Dallas. Next Monday at school, my friends, hey man, why you go to sleep? We back in the back playing uh, Truth or Dare. I said, y'all playing Truth or Dare? Yeah, man. Gwen and, and uh, your boy Mark Walker was kissing. My girl was kissing Mark Walker. Now here go the problem, Mark Walker. He had a silver tooth in the front. A little slim dude with a big mouth. Did you One use, of the dudes who used to win an oratory contest. Well, it's all over. I ain't got no car. Mark Walker in the sixth grade. I'm in the sixth grade. We go to different schools. Guess what happened, dog? All of us showed up in the academy at homes in the seventh grade. Hey, dog. So I don't like him from the jump. Make a long story short, me and Mark Walker get into a fight. We get into a fight on the, on the playground, playing basketball, I see him, he see me, we start scrapping. Okay, I'm gonna tell you the truth, I'm whooping his ass. But I got these glasses on, all right? I'll never forget this, dog. My glasses come off in the fight. And it was like slow motion. The glasses are on the ground. I look at the glasses. Mark looks at the glasses. And it's a race to get to the glasses. Well he was smaller than me He was faster than me He beat me to the glasses Put his foot on them, And like pulled it back And just scratched both lenses So now I'm like I don't care that he messed up my glasses I'm more concerned about I'm about to get the Wanda K treatment at my house Because my glasses broke Now my mama got to pay some money for them But I couldn't get to him Because if somebody broke up the fight Teachers broke up the fight but we ride the bus together. I attack him on the bus, dog. Whip his ass on the bus, he gets put off. And uh, I think everything's good, I'm the conquering hero. Whipped his ass, got my vengeance. Next day, ride the bus to school, no incidents. Get to school, I hear my name over the loud speaking. Gene Taylor, you know I was mad about that. Please report to the office. I go to the office I've been assessed Two days of in-house suspension For my crime Against Mark Walker Mark Walker Don't have to go to in-house Because I started To fight on the bus So I showed up In in-house suspension The next day dog And this is really What happened man The guy who ran In-house suspension You gotta picture this man He was about five nine five eight. About 230 pounds, barrel chested, heavily muscled, with a jerry curl that left him with a long jerry curl past his shoulders. And his name, his nickname was Chop Chop. I can't even remember his name. The people students just used to call him Chop Chop. Um and so I walked into class. There was about 15, 20 kids in there. And the first thing he says to me is, what's your name? I tell him, Jacques Taylor. Okay, you got two days. Uh, The way we start the class for those people of the first day, assume the push-up position and hold it the length of the first period. I think he probably gave me relief at about 20 minutes. But by then, my shoulders are sore, and I'm like, this is going to be terrible. Uh, So then You know So then he's like I'm gonna get your licks At the end of the day son We'll see Maybe you get some of them Taken off if you behave The rest of the day So then we gotta go To a different lunch period man And after lunch He says okay let's go I'm thinking we about to line up To go back to the classroom Nah bruh You know what he says Everybody outside on the track Y'all finna run laps So we running laps, dog. I ain't in shape to run no laps. You got to run four laps. That's a mile. I'm not in shape to do that. After you run four laps, you can stop running after you win a race. Dude, There's like 15 people out there. So needless to say, I was down about the last five or six people. And then I finally figured out I think I can win this lap I can win this race This lap And dog It was neck and neck If I tell you I elbowed this dude And hit him in the chest I elbowed this dude And hit him in the chest Slowed him down Won the race And uh, We finished that And then we went back To the classroom man Rest of the day Was fairly uneventful But my shoulders were sore My pride was hurt I ended up getting Five licks At the end of the day So my ass was sore
1: Damn
0: Talking I'm not making this up <clears throat> I'm exhausted From the racing Because I ain't in shape To do no racing I'm a, I'm a fat little 7th uh, grader And uh That's when I went home Got home Called my mom at work I remember the number 214 824 1600 I believe Dallas Independent School District Building Dialed her extension Hello Hey mom Hey, how are you? Really? I'm not going back to in-house suspension no more. <laughs> Say what? I'm not... You can do what you have to do. I'm not going back tomorrow. I'm just not going back. Shaq, we'll talk about this when we get home. Uh, it, Mom, I'm not going back. You could grind me for a month. I'm not going back. Goodbye. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay, goodbye. So, we got home. Shaq, let's talk about it. As I'm not going back. So... Whatever punishment you give me, I'm just gonna take it. I'm not going back. That man had us do push-ups, we had us out here running. I mean, it was torture, it was terrible. I'm not going back, and so I didn't go back. And I told you we had 13 pecan trees in the back. Had to rake all the leaves and do a bunch of other chores. I did not care, wasn't going back. And that was the precise moment that I determined that there was no longer any need for me to fight, Because the consequences were too dire So I suppose In-house suspension served its purpose And put me on a straight and narrow For the rest of my life
1: Yeah it ain't supposed to be fun Well dog
0: Wasn't nothing fun about it man It was terrible That's why I can remember it so vividly 40 years later Now Let's move on to more exciting things Like Mike McCarthy's Press conference Uh, let's start with this dog what was your thought when you heard McCarthy was coming back
1: I was wondering how how are they gonna how are we gonna how's he gonna talk to us and make us buy into what make us believe him you know make us believe something would be different you know I mean uh, I mean what choice do I have I'm a cowboy fan I ain't gonna burn my stuff <laughs> I don't know you know it's it's, it's, it's crazy I mean what what is going to make us believe that is a difference and he he don't have the right to get tired of talking about it. It's just kind of like the interception with Dak last year until you prove different, you're going to get asked the same questions. Right, right, right? You're going you're going to get the same the same shit every time you step to the podium and you don't win, you're going to get the same shit every time you step to the podium and you do win. So I don't want to get I don't want to hear next year that can we talk about something else? Hell no, we can't talk about something else. And
0: I, think, uh, I think that he he gets that, man. I think he understands that. Now, that he,
1: now he do. But when it wears his ass out, he ain't. Yeah. You know how he... y'all, you know how the media can be.
0: Oh no, I, I definitely
1: know that now. Yeah, that they put that heat on you. When you when you deserve the heat, it's one thing when the media put heat on you and people like, ah, oh, that, he don't deserve it. Oh, when you deserve it, yeah, you're gonna get it. That's that pressure thing you was talking about earlier.
0: Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's go through, the, through Mike McCarthy's prayer conference. He talked for 25 minutes, almost exactly, which makes me think that was the plan from them from the jump. You know what I mean? Uh, and here, are the, here are the basic facts from it. He spent three hours talking to Jerry Jones the other day, uh, meaning yesterday, which I guess in, in our world would be Wednesday. Spent three hours talking to Jerry Jones uh, for some of that time, I suppose. I don't know this for a fact, but I assume it was Steven was in there with him because he made a point to say at a certain point it was just me and Jerry. And that's, uh, he said, that's what I enjoy most is talking to Jerry one-on-one. Uh, we have a great rapport. Jerry asked very tough questions. And, uh, you know, we get down to the nitty-gritty, so to speak. Um, Dan Quinn will return if he doesn't get a head coaching job. Uh Dan Quinn's defense has led the league in turnovers and points off turnovers uh the last 3 seasons. All right? That's that also came out of uh Mike McCarthy's news conference uh Thursday morning at the Star.
1: He going he he, he going to get the business too.
0: Yeah? 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 Um he believes in Dak Prescott who's coming off a uh, career year of uh, 36 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 4,500 yards passing, Uh, just had that meltdown in the playoffs. And it's not just, but it is what it is. That's what happened. Um, I thought an interesting way to attack the press conference would be to tell y'all, here are the four most interesting things to me that came out of the press conference. Now, I will tell y'all this, and I tell this about everybody. Uh, when I'm Sometimes I do some mentoring or some training on how to do podcasts. I got this from my radio show when uh, me and Matt McLaren had a daily four-hour radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas for about four years. Or we had it for two years. I was on there for four. Um, the show, this podcast, got my name on it. Big Join the Big Rig works very closely with me. He's a part of the show. But the show belongs to y'all. And here's what I mean. We talk about stuff y'all want to talk about. Most of the time. Now, yeah, yeah we are going to talk about <laughs> some metrosexual stuff and some water bottles
3: yeah, and some
0: Waterloo yeah. from time to time.
1: I'm glad you fixed that.
0: <laughs> but the show belongs to y'all, which means we ain't really going to talk about college basketball because y'all don't care about college basketball. Y'all, in general, y'all care about football, NFL, college, spring football, preseason football, training camp football, maybe some Mavericks, some Rangers, some Stars, and then some more football. So that's why we talk about football all the time. Um, Now, the whole point of that is, I don't really get down, and I heard a lot of questions about this today, I don't really get down with what fans think. I mean, I really don't. And I respect fans because I'm a fan of Ohio State as well as graduate. But I respect fans of teams because of their emotional investment. But, you know, talking to coaches and players about what do you think about fans this and fans that, trust me, when they out there on the field, aside from you cheering or booing, they do not put any time into what fans think. They appreciate fans. They like their fans, but they're not driven by their fans, if that makes sense. And that's not a knock on y'all. What I'm saying is, I'm including the question that he had about fans, and that he had about fans for y'all, because let me tell you the truth. And I'm gonna start with my man, um, Richard, on Twitter. Because I like Richard. Richard is one of the most consistent people on Twitter that I know, Richard Duncan. Sift underscore the underscore Ashes. He's my guy. But Richard, I love you. But you're the most negative dude I know on Twitter. Everything is negative, 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 negative. This is what Richard had to say. Jerry would sacrifice a few semi-close. No, nah, that's not the one I want. He had something else to say about um, the fan base, of which he's a part of. I'm looking forward to fact, Okay. Okay. All these worlds, he said, like the annual Dak Mioculka, he talking to you, Joe, mean nothing to me. For the record, I love Dak, want to keep him. What will determine whether or not I invest any time into this shit show will be if they address the glaring issues in the offseason. Linebacker, defensive tackle, offensive line, wide receiver, too. And my whole point is, Richard, I love you. You are lying. You're going to be face first into the Cowboys as soon as training camp start, as soon as the draft is because you love them even though it's a toxic relationship. I get that. All of that says, here is what Mike McCarthy said when asked about the fan base and why they should, I don't know, trust him, believe in him, think he can get the job done.
3: Yes, uh, we, we we have established a, a you know a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win. Uh, we know how to train to win. We have the we have the right people, um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games. And um, and it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. Um, but you know I, I know how to win, and and uh, we will get over that threshold. You know, I have total confidence in it, and, and that's why I'm standing here today. And then-
1: Is that the one you wanted? No. Okay. Because you don't want me down with the bottle of glass and all of that. Hold
3: on. I'm not very comfortable talking about myself, but I came here to win a championship. I didn't come here to get another contract or um, anything other than that. Um, I came to Dallas to win the world championship, and that's why I'm standing here and um, buy into us.
0: That's what he was talking about. Buy into us. Because I know how to, I'm, I'm here to win a championship. All right. Uh, you know, so that is what it is. But that's why he thinks the fans should buy into him, even though uh, there's a lot of them that see him and Dak and Dan Quinn as being the status quo. And the status quo has provided a lot of disappointment over the last uh, three years at one level. At the other level, you're 36 and 15. It's been a lot of high notes. Um, but, you know, it's uh, the, it hasn't resulted in a championship. And so I understand and I get the frustration that, uh, that the fan base feels.
1: I think I, I, I had to jump in here just a second when you talk about the fan base and whether players care or not. The fan base means everything. And the players should care, the coach should care, because while the team is bullshitting, the brand is still strong. Let me let me I, be I got I, I got cowboy cups, cowboy shirt. I don't have no cowboy drawers. I got cowboy <laughs> pajamas. I got all of that merch. You know, I could I could I could light a fire from here to from hell to breakfast with all the cowboy stuff that I got. But um, I'm still a cowboy fan, so the brand is strong, even though the team drive you bunkers. Right, right. So uh, you know, I don't know about whether they care or not. They need the damn care. No, you can Well, maybe I didn't word it right. You could care
0: about the fan base, but the fan base can't. You can't be answering to the fans because fans are emotional and they want you to make emotional decisions. And, you know, it, it's. Um, you can't. I guess what I'm saying is you can't cater to a fan base. You can appreciate your fans, but when people say, what about the fans and this and that? The fans don't really care. They want you to win, they don't care about anything else except. Can you bring me a championship? Can you win games? Can you make me happy from that perspective? Uh, now there's some outlier fans, of course, there aren't any fan base, but in general, fans want you to win. if you win, they're good. If you lose, they're not good and um yeah well that's I mean that's basically it, but you can't you can't sit around and make decisions based on what your fan base thinks because. You know, they're the fan base. Okay, they're not emotional. It's like making. Deci- it's like if you're a parent making decisions based on what your kids want.
1: Okay, I grew up in DFW. That makes me a Cowboy fan. That makes me a fan of a winning team. If the ass wasn't winning, I'd be a Seattle Seahawks fan or something. I'm just saying, it's just it's go hand in hand, winning and 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 all the rest of you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, oh, it does dude. go hand in hand. That's why my my dude is not a Cowboys fan. Well, I
0: think he is. But I think he's so disillusioned that
1: he has moved on to other teams. Well they haven't won anything since he's been around.
0: No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like he told me he yeah. was a, he was a San Francisco fan. I said, going to be a San Francisco fan. I play with them on I play with them on Madden and they like to run the ball. So that's there you why go. I became
3: a San
1: Francisco fan. There you go. That's you know what I'm saying. He if, if he came up where they won the Super Bowl in the seventies and the nineties, maybe he would you know, maybe he would right. be that. But, but I
0: think he might be a little bit one Because he sent me a text the other day Literally yesterday talking about Hey what's up with Dax contract Is he coming back? Yeah So that made me think he cared more than he wants to let on Maybe he hurt by it all And he don't want to let on But uh, I did that for y'all I did that for the fans That's what Mike McCarthy had to say for the fans To me uh, One of the most interesting things he said And that's what we're talking about right now Is uh, And I'm paraphrasing here He said the weight of 28 years isn't the responsibility of me and it isn't the responsibility of this team.
1: What?
0: What he's talking about. What What you mean?
1: No, I'm saying what the hell is he talking about?
0: What he's saying is we're getting hammered. I'm I'm paraphrasing from Mike McCarthy. He's saying we're getting hammered because Cowboys haven't been to the championship game in 28 years. That's not me. That ain't, that ain't my responsibility. My responsibility is these last four years. And, I, you know, I get that because I say this to a lot of people. And I realize, see, I hear that in you and we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, the fan, you know, I'm not, I mean, if you dating somebody and you starting to go down that, that you've been dating for a minute and you're like, I think I love this person, you're not responsible for all for the last six dudes she dated that wasn't worth a damn. Or if you're dating a guy, you're not responsible for the last six dudes he dated, last six women he dated that weren't worth a damn. I'm bringing you this, this is me. I'm not responsible for them previous relationships. And so, even though you traumatized from them. And so Mike McCarthy is saying, I understand that you traumatized from these last 28 years of losing. I'm only responsible for four. Okay, or three of not getting you to the Super Bowl or like, the championship game. I like game.
1: that analogy. I like that analogy. If, right. If, if six guys on promised to marry your raggedy ass for t- twenty years, and I come along and say I'm going to marry you, in right. the last four years I haven't. There you go. Now nah, ain't. Yeah, yeah. You still ain't. You still ain't put no ring on it. You understand? You still but, ain't. I still ain't got, I ain't no, much, ring. I ain't got I, no ring. I ain't got no, no ring from them guys beforehand. And I ain't got no <laughs> ring from your ass. So I don't want to hear that. You understand? You still ain't put a ring on it. You see how I twist that damn analogy? Yeah, right? I, I spun see. that, even that though, shit. Even though I bought you a car. I don't care. I want a ring. I want to be married. I want to <laughs> ring. I didn't
0: abstain from the coochie.
1: We told you we wasn't doing that
0: till we get married. I
1: ain't saying all that. I ain't abstaining from nothing. <laughs> but uh I'm just saying you know so, he talking but, about he talking about you can't okay go ahead you can't be saying I came here to win championships and all that but I ain't won no championship and I'm not responding I don't want to hear that 28 years ago hey, you man, promised us a championship when you got here talking about and, you talking about you watch film in the basement and all that <laughs> it's your lying ass and, uh,
0: <laughs> but I think uh, but here's the deal um and we're gonna get to that in just a second you know but uh I think what happens is, and I think Dak spoke about it, even though maybe he shouldn't have, but I, I admired his honesty. Go home. And I appreciated it. He
1: done for the year. Go home.
0: Well, Dak didn't talk to but I'm talking about I'm just it. saying. I'm, trying, um, I'm tired of that. Go ahead. Uh, I, think there's some, I think they played the other day, and I didn't realize it uh, until I watched the performance. They played the other day like they feel the weight of the 28 years since Cowboys been in the championship game. Like, they feel the pressure. They played tight. They played nervous. They didn't play fast. And so, to me, what they got to do, and I didn't really realize this again, is they have to actually deal with, with what we're talking about. They just can't ignore it. They got to deal with the fact that they feel some pressure, whether it's just Dak or whether it's the starters or whether it's only a certain few guys. But they got to deal with that, man. And then they got to embrace that pressure. And then they got to fight through it and excel through it. Um, Nobody said it was easy. Winning championships ain't easy. But, you know, other teams have done it. And what I mean is, and it would be interesting to go back and look. Like when Green Bay won in 96, you know, they hadn't won since the first Super Bowl. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so that team was facing what? We ain't won in thirty years. Ain't nobody done nothing for us. Brett Favre, yeah, you and your team you no, go get nobody, done. Nobody,
1: nobody expected them to beat Bill Parcells and the Patriots. Nobody well, just, expected that. I'm, I'm just, just saying about... they was playing with house money. They didn't have no wide receivers. They didn't. They what they had? Don Beebe. Uh, what's your boy from Michigan? I don't played, know nobody from Michigan. Yeah, you do. They played uh, Desmond Howard. <laughs> they played three tight ends: uh, Mark Tremuro, Keith Jackson, and somebody else. They had all of that stuff, and nobody expected them to beat the Patriots. And Parcells was already celebrating a Super Bowl with the Patriots, and they got their ass kicked. So I don't think is, they was playing with house money. Ain't no pressure. Wasn't no pressure on Green Bay. The pressure was
0: them in them getting there because they hadn't done anything in 30 years. But the point of it is, you know, the Cubs hadn't done anything in 100 years when they won it. The Red Sox, when they won it, hadn't done anything in, you know, decades. So other teams have fought through this pressure where other teams before us haven't gotten it done. Yeah. And uh, that's what this team is going to have to do.
1: I guess. Uh, they sure as hell going to have it this year. This did not have had no pressure the other day.
0: I think we talked about this once. And I can't, I don't know, I can't remember what it was related to. It wasn't necessarily related to sports. Uh, you know, people put pressure on themselves whether they should have it or shouldn't have it. Depending on who you are. Um and so, you can say they shouldn't have had no pressure, but they certainly played like they did. And um, you know, people internalize different things in different ways. And if you don't know how to handle it, or you can't handle it, it's you know, especially when the other team got off to a fast start. Like they might not have felt no pressure until Green Bay went up seven nothing, and then it was like, yeah. oh snap! I think fourteen. You know I, mean? I think the fourteen
1: nothing. Probably did yeah. that. Yeah. I would think you feeling some stress then, but you right. coming you know, into the game stressed? Probably not. You know, I don't know how far um, we going down the rabbit hole because I'm, I'm fired up about that That pressure stuff. Uh, I don't I know. I mean, it all
0: affects different people different ways. Well, you some got- teams feel it. Some players feel it. Some teams don't. Some players don't. And I think it's it's such an individual thing. It's just hard to say because you can poo-poo it, but clearly – is there. That's why some people can
1: perform under pressure and some people can't. All right. You think? No, I just think I think that's what the regular season is for. You had all your stuff, they had every everything defined. You had your, your pecking order. You had your running game and what you got. You had your pecking order amongst your receivers. Everything set up. You got the doggone, you got the home game, you got all of that. Where is the pressure? They just they just dropped the ball, and they changed up a lot of stuff. If you want to say somebody was under pressure, it might have been Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn since they – I was just
0: going to get there. Pressure yeah. make you
1: change what you yeah, done all it, year. That's right. Make you change up everything. And then as pressure a player – you overthink. Yeah, as a player, you got to go with that. Why are we running three tight ends? Why are we running Tony twice in a row? We got the third down so damn fast in that game. I was just like, what are they doing? That's what I'm what, talking about. What are they doing? So, I, I don't know. If they get, if 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 one home game against a uh, an opponent that we thought was inferior, if that's got pressure on you, you you need to get another job. It
0: yeah, could be, could be. Uh, maybe some won't be here. Some but number, uh, yeah. that's something that they got to deal with because uh, now it's the weight of twenty nine years. Oh yeah. And guess what? It's not gonna get no easier because I firmly believe. Detroit is going to, to the uh, NFC Championship game this year, mm-hmm. which means the longest droughts in the, in the NFC will belong to Washington, 1991, and Dallas, 1995. So the pressure is only going to intense, so you must figure out how to handle it and how to deal with it.
1: I have read somewhere today the, the that, that Green Bay has more win, more playoff wins than they, in the Cowboys Stadium than they do. Yeah, I think that's true. That's crazy. What? whatever i mean that uh, that type of pressure busts the pipe for them man they just ain't they ain't built right
0: they might not be yeah uh we'll we'll find out a good we'll find out a lot about them
1: this year especially since they're running it back yes sir. Um, Nothing creates pressure like people thinking your ass ain't supposed to be here right i, I um, got a question for you what is it? the what is the how much i mean what is how much money does jerry well, let me let me phrase this right you got you got teams that owe coaches money. You know, some people got thirty million dollars that they owe. They owe coaches that they fired. I don't think Jerry owes anybody money, or he well, maybe Wade, right? Nah, no, I don't owe no Well I'm just saying he usually. What I'm saying is he usually don't fire guys with years left on their contract. Right. So that's that's one of the things I thought about with McCarthy that they might keep him here. Jerry is Jerry usually don't leave a guy. You know, when he fires a guy, he usually don't owe anybody money,
0: right? It was yeah. like Jason Garrett' contract just ran out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you know, let's move on to this uh, to the third thing that that uh, interested me at the press conference, and let's run that first quote back one more time, man. It's
1: number
3: one. Yeah. I'm not very comfortable talking about myself, but I came here to win a championship. I didn't come here to get another contract or um, anything other than that. Um, I came to Dallas to win the world championship, and that's why I'm standing here and um, buy into us.
0: No, I'm
1: sorry. The other one. We're going to get it together.
3: Um, but my my message would be this uh, we 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 have established a, a you know a championship program it 's just not the world championship yet uh, we know how to win uh, we know how to train to win we have the we have the right people um, but we have not crossed the threshold of winning playoff games and um and it 's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it um but you know I, I know how to win, and and uh, we will get over that threshold. You know, I have total confidence in it, and, and that's why I'm standing here today. And then- all right, see, that's interesting to me. I know how to win.
0: Now, Stephen A. Smith came out and made fun of that. He said, "You know how to win? What's he talking about? He got one Super Bowl in 17 years." And while I'm not trying to get no pissing match with Stephen A., because one, I can't win that pissing match.
1: No, he's gonna overtalk you, and he's loud. Right, and he ugly I, too. I ain't going all that. Yeah, he's ugly as hell.
0: What I will say is that we're not going to judge whether you can win or not by how many Super Bowl wins you have, because Tom Landry, one of the greatest coaches ever, got two in thirty years. You know, um, some other terrific coaches have one or two in multiple years, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's not really the the way you judge coaches. That's a part of it, but that's not the end all be all. I think, a, uh, to me, you judge a guy whether he can win by, number one, winning percentage once you've coached a certain amount, and two, how many times you've been to the playoffs because once you get to the playoffs, that gives you an opportunity to win. So if you look at Mike McCarthy, he got 11, 10-win seasons. He got five, 12-win seasons. He got eight division titles. He been to the playoffs quite a bit. He won one Super Bowl. But he'd been in position to win several, um, you know. So I think he knows how to win. I can live with that statement. Um, I'm curious to this because it rolls down to. I think the reason they kept him is multifaceted, but I think one thing that played a role in it, and I'm curious to hear your take on it, is what is your take on process versus results? Are you a results-oriented person or a process-oriented person? Mm. And obviously, Man. there's a little bit of overlap in in a conversation like it.
1: I'm more of a result-oriented person. It depends on what you're doing. Um, if you are, I had a. I'm gonna give you an example that I used to talk to the North Crowley basketball coach, Coach Brackle, and uh, he used to talk about. Uh, you know, he won championships over there, and he used to talk about how coaches coach guys to dribble a certain way and to pass the ball with two hands. He said, I don't care if you come up to court and you hit that thing off your forehead. As long as it goes in the post, when I say go in the post, I don't care. As long as we get two, Right. I kind of like that. And that's right. that's basketball. But, right. And football, No. You know, it's a little different because when you run a route, you got you got to set up your timing with the other guy. Don't you know, you can't go this way that way. You got to let him know what you're doing. So it's kind of kind of I'm kind of depends on what I'm doing.
0: All right. Uh, Typically, I'm much more of a process person than a result person. And here's why. Um, In general, you can get a good result from a flawed process. Um, you can get a bad result from a great process. But over a period of time, a great process should lead and should yield great results. Over a period of time, more consistently, if you have a great process, you will have a great result. If you have a flawed process consistently over time, your result will, be, will, be, will get less and less uh, desirable, I believe. Um, and so I'm about a process. And so if I look at Mike McCarthy from that standpoint, the result has not been what you want at the end of the year. The process appears to be good. That's why you keep ending up with 12 and 5. Now what has to happen is the process clearly is not perfect because the result is not the desired result. And so you, I think you got to tweak the process. Maybe, that, maybe the tweak is bigger linebackers, bigger defensive tackles. Maybe the tweak is more outside zone. But what I'm saying is you can tweak the process and get to a better result. Um, if the process was yielding you 5-11, and 5-11, 5-11, you'd say, you know what? This process is so bad. Let's start over with somebody else. Uh, and so that's why I think Mike McCarthy has a shot because his process is good. Okay. I get yes. it. Yes. No, I, process, get,
1: I get it. I get what you're it, saying
0: yeah his process was good in Green Bay and then it got to a point where it wasn't as good Um, and so I think he can have success now again it's not a perfect process because the result is not what you want and so you have to tweak the process Um, and we'll see if he can tweak it and if not he's probably not going to get another chance to enhance his process in Dallas he'll have to go somewhere else and do it but um, you know, so that's why I buy into it when he says he knows how to win now it's can you tweak your process and get the desired result? And we'll see, you know, a few months from now when it starts all over,
1: whether you um, can make that happen. I don't know why everybody thinks we need to get bigger up front. I don't know why everybody thinks that I mean is it mean, I
0: think that's because they got the you done
1: called them little ass. No, the, the middle. The 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 second the the the, the linebackers are little. See, right. you, you can have Hankins, you can have Mozzie Smith, you can have all that, but them, them guys are going to tie blocks. They're not going to necessarily plug the whole – if you get to the linebacker, the linebackers, you, you can't play those safeties like that. I, I, get, I, I didn't, I didn't want to say nothing to our guest today because he was – y'all all keep saying that the boy was a big disappointment, but how many defensive tackles land in this league and just start dominating? And then another thing, the biggest thing you overestimate – Underestimate the NFL, the strength and technique. You got to learn that, especially in the trenches. So, I wouldn't give up on Mazi Smith. Um, plus, if we don't get linebackers, this is going to be the same song. That's just I mean, you know that's the problem with me to the whole defense right there is is, is linebacker. I think.
0: Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I think that's what I said. They got to get bigger.
1: I know, but I'm just saying, y'all keep talking about the defensive line, and that's just. That's I thought what? the defensive line was good, in my opinion. But once you get to the second level, it's, it's gone. That's your ass right there. So that's just my take. But I know I'm going down. I'm, I'm going on the exit ramp.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, we, there's plenty. We got plenty. Unfortunately, we got plenty of weeks to talk about the exit ramp. Yeah. yeah, for Coming real. up. For real. Uh, you know, so we, we'll see about that uh, yeah. in terms of process. Last thing I want to talk about in terms of things that interested me at uh, Mike McCarthy's press conference, there were four of them. It's a CD conversation. So uh, I believe Clarence asked a question uh, about CD. And Mike said, now, again, this is what he said. So you take it for whatever it's worth. He said, "Uh, I thought we were mentally ready to play. I went over and talked to CD. It was about an option route uh, we were running and a concept. And I wanted to make sure him and Dak were on the same page. So I went over there to talk to him about it. That's what he said the conversation with CD was about. Now, maybe he's had those conversations other times during the season and the cameras just didn't catch him on it. Um, I will say this. Uh, C.D. was one of the big disappointments in the game for a guy who'd been terrific most of the season. Uh, you know, he just seemed like he was in a funk right away. Uh, a couple passes, he we've seen him catch normally. He didn't catch uh, yeah. Where when they really could have used him early in the game. First drive That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, first drive. And uh, a lot of people have picked up on this where Jair Alexander shoved him in the back and pushed him about two yards and he didn't respond to nothing. Uh, What all that means? I don't know what it means, man. All I know is he been great for the last three months of the season and he was just a dude on Sunday. Like, I don't care about his nine for 99 on Sunday because this is one of the few times they were basically inconsequential. Yep. Yep. Um, now I will say somebody was getting on him several people have gotten on him because he was celebrating after some catch doing his slime maneuver dance and celebration whatever he does and they're like are you doing that we down 27 to 7 <laughs> and, and you know my point on that was at that I remember when he did it and he had caught two or three passes in a little stretch and I was I didn't take it that way I I took it to be like okay I'm finally feeling back to myself maybe now I could get in the groove make some plays And when, Um, you know, the thing about some things, some things, okay, is you never know what guys are doing to get themselves going. Um, You know, whether it's playing football, whether it's at the gym, whether it's whatever you're doing, what is required to get you going so that you feel good about what you're doing. Um, You know, for me, like when I'm at the gym, I have a certain playlist And I've set the playlist up, you know, I think, you know, so that I sprinkle some of my favorite songs like at 17 minutes where I might be getting tired for the first time in a workout or at 40 minutes because the workout is almost over and I want to hear one of my favorite songs. Give me a little boost as I go to the end. And, you know, I might start, you know, bobbing my head a little bit and feeling good. And somebody could look at me like, look at this fool over here. Well, that's just what I need at that particular time to get myself going because I'm dragging. And so that's how I look at different celebrations uh, for people because you never know what's the one that sets you off. I remember when uh, Jacksonville was losing 27 nothing to the Chargers, and they were still down 27-14, and the dude celebrated the touchdown. Well you could say Look at you celebrating Y'all down 27 nothing, Man you still two touchdowns down This third quarter Second half Get your ass over there To the sideline Well that was him Getting going So I always try to look at it From a couple different perspectives Unless it's something Mark Walker is doing
1: Who the hell is Mark Walker
0: Hey man That's the dude I was fighting That led me to In school suspension Oh
1: the little bitty dude Yeah the little <laughs> the little bitty dude that scratched the Okay, your he wasn't up.
0: that he wasn't yeah, that little you man. You already
1: said he was little.
0: I just said he was a little slim dude. You said he
1: was little. With a big head. Yeah, Looked like a pigs container. You, you was punching below your weight class. Um, nah, I don't, I don't I don't I know what you're saying about the dude get going, but whatever. He didn't he didn't show up. I don't know nah, he didn't hell. show up and yeah, I didn't, and you, you wait know. too late to do all that do all that slime stuff. How about you how about you ball out <laughs> from the beginning? I don't got no time for that. You know, no. it's, it's rituals that you do to get you going in a game to right, make right, you right. not lose your mind like that. For me, mm-hmm. it was it was I wanted to be the last person walk out the locker room. Why? Because it was just I'm closing. I'm turning off the lights. And we getting busy. It was me and this. I think this guy I played with named Drake. He was a starting corner and uh, we would get dressed. And everybody would get dressed. and We'd sit, you know, the, you know, the shower wasn't on, but we sit in there and talk. That's how that's how I found out his wife was having triplets. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we sit in there and talk, and then once, once this is playing semi-pro. Once, once everybody's out the locker room, we turn them lights off. We finna kick y'all ass after that first hit. I was ready to go, but it took that first hit. First time you pop a guard, a guard try to pop you, and you get in that car wreck that the cowboy linebackers don't get into. Right, right, uh, 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 it's on. And you playing and you in the moment and you got to stay in the moment. You that's one of the things I thought when coach walked over and started talking to CD, I go, Damn, he checking out already. And that's why I was trying to say the other day. He might have looked at the coverage and the type of defense and go, D guy bracketing me. They doing this, Jack ain't gonna even be able to find me today. We don't have we don't have anything to counter that. Because they didn't do anything to counter that. Yeah. By, CD, by the time C D by time C D started dancing and shit, they had already changed the defense and taking players out of the game. Yeah. So it's like whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know,
0: they gotta figure out C D. He's cause uh, he plays so well all uh, pro. Contract is up. He's gonna get about twenty eight, thirty million. Okay. He might get to thirty this year. Mm-hmm. Because Tyreek Hill is the league's leading I mean, highest paid receiver at thirty million. C D matched his stats this year, so and he's younger. So uh, he may actually get 31. Um, so he's going to get paid, but what happens is you got to figure out how to unlock him emotionally because you can't have him checking out like he did early in the season yep. or like he did in the most important game.
1: In the most important game. That's when when coach go over and talk to you like that, it lets everybody know in the whole world that your ass is checking out. And when coach go over and talk to you like the, the kind of conversation they was having, that's where I felt like damn, is he that fragile? I guess so. Yeah. It's already checking so. out, you know.
0: Well, that, uh, that was the uh, four things I found most interesting in uh, Mike McCarthy's press conference. Uh, what he thought about the fans, why they should buy in, how he didn't think the weight of 28 years of uh, not getting to the championship game was the responsibility of him or the players, mm-hmm. uh, how he does know how to win he's got confidence in himself, and what the hell was wrong with C.D.? At least uh, there's a little bit of explanation whether you buy it or not. Uh, you know, Joe asked me the other day, what do we do now that football season's over? And I told him, just like I'm telling y'all, football season don't ever end. It really don't. You got the Senior Bowl at the end of January. You got uh, the Combine in February. You got free agency in March. You got the draft in April. You got minicamps in May in the first part of June. Then you got about six weeks off when we all take a vacation. At least a little bit, and uh, before they start of training camp in July, do that sound like anybody's taking any time off? No,
1: that's fine no. by me.
0: That's fine by me. I, no, so we're no. gonna. I mean, we'll add in a little bit of Mavericks. We'll add in a little bit of Rangers. This is a baseball town now. Uh, we'll continue to talk about the things that uh, bring me joy, all the metrosexual stuff, and yeah. uh, we'll even we'll even add some stuff Joe like to talk about.
1: One day, one on day, one day.
0: You can you can send me a text anytime, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It won't uh, be no glass water bottles or no Costco.
0: Maybe we'll talk about a laser on a rifle for you. A red a red a red I don't
1: spot. I don't use scopes. I'm a iron sights guy.
0: <laughs> me I, too. I'm an iron sights guy. Nah,
1: you me. ain't no iron sights guy. Uh, I,
0: what is you know, iron sight? That's the like, stick
1: shift. That's the stick shift of uh, AR fifteen. I Like, I don't, I don't I like do shell scopes. catches on my gats, man. I don't That's even know what I'm saying. Whatever dog. Somebody think they John Wick. I don't know.
0: No, I heard that on the Nelly song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, man, for, uh, we always appreciate Green and Law for making this possible and sponsoring the show as, along with my brothers at Smokey John's Barbecue. Uh, for Big Joe and the Big Rig, we appreciate you guys listening. Until we chat again, you guys be blessed.